Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this day for those who have invited us to worship, for those who have shared with us the good news of the gospel of Jesus. And we pray that as we worship this day, we would hear and know and be motivated uh, to, to embrace others with your love and to know that embrace for ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. The texts for this Sunday are, are really interesting. There are many peculiarities in them, and, and I won't go over all of them, but some of them just sort of uh, caught me. Uh, the, the first lesson from the Old Testament uh, it's clear that the people of Israel, both then and, and prior, have been rebellious and stubborn and resisted uh, God's prophets' messages and what God has sought to say to them. And it's pretty clear even that Ezekiel is fully aware of this because the text starts with this amazing word, stand up, son of man, said the voice, I want to speak with you. And then listen to verse two. The spirit came into me as he spoke and he set me on my feet. Ezekiel wasn't even going to get up, but God says, up you go. Uh, there's, there's this sense that, that God will not be thwarted, that he will find a way and he will empower a people to stand for him, to share his word with others, even if they don't apparently want to hear it. I know there are times in my life when I've chosen to remain quiet because of an assumption, whether right or wrong, that I've made that others don't want to hear about Jesus. Don't want to hear about what I believe or what the Bible teaches. So this is a, a powerful word that even though Ezekiel isn't jumping to the opportunity, the spirit raises him up and allows him the privilege of being the spokesperson for God even to a rebellious people. You see, it's important for us to see in this the character of God. God loves his people, whether they're acting badly or not, whether they're resisting him and being stubborn or not, he's going to speak truth to them. And that truth is he wants a relationship with his people. And he's going to come to them. He's going to come to us. And he's going to use his people to be his voice and to express the love and the care and the truth about who he is. The text says, I am sending you to say to them that this is what the sovereign Lord says. And whether they listen 
or refuse to listen, for remember they are rebels, at least they will know that they have had a prophet among them. At least they will know that they've heard from God. It's hard to imagine hearing from God and yet resisting him. But then again, we kind of do that all the time. We put our desires, our will, our assumptions ahead of what the scripture teaches us, ahead of what God shares with us through his word and his people. We assume that we know and that we understand what's happening, even though when we look around, as long as we're not being asked to do something else, we readily admit that we don't know what's coming next, that we don't know exactly what's happening, and that our viewpoint is, in fact, very restricted, very narrow. And so God comes, and he speaks. He speaks through his word. He speaks through his people. He speaks through his prophet. And he gives us an opportunity to yield our lives to the truth, to yield our lives to his will and desires for us. And I remind you, even though these are a rebellious people, even though we are rebellious people, even though we often encounter in our lives people who want nothing to do with God, God is good. And he loves us, and he loves them. And we have the enormous privilege of letting them know that truth. It may have been that Ezekiel didn't feel particularly worthy, but God stands him up and puts words in his mouth and and makes him an instrument of God. And let's not lose sight of what else is in our text for today. Because in our gospel text for today, Jesus himself shows up in Nazareth and is rejected. It's a, it's a tragic story. And yet so true. I can imagine... I can truly imagine some of the people that knew me when I was younger uh, now learning that I'm a pastor going, are you kidding me? Him? And in truth, I said that about myself. And, and that's what happens in Nazareth. Jesus shows up. The, the text tells us that many who heard him were amazed. They were astonished. And in truth, we see that over and over again in other places in Scripture. The people that see what Jesus does, who hear what Jesus says, are astounded by his wisdom, amazed by the power of God that is at work uh, through him to bring healing and, and freedom to people. But then it shifts. You see, The truth 
of the authority of Jesus in both word and deed is that we need to submit to it. We need to submit to that authority. And I'm pretty sure what happens in Nazareth is they see Jesus as either an equal or an inferior. Because after all, he's only the carpenter's son. He's a, he's a blue collar guy. They're not going to submit to him as their rabbi. They're not going to allow him to be superior. And so they, they get offended by his authority because that authority requires submission. We're going to hear later that as Jesus sends out his apostles, his disciples, that, that they preach a word of repentance. There's, see, in the truth that Jesus preaches is a recognition of the fact that we do fall short, that we are sinners, and that we are dependent upon God's grace for forgiveness and redemption. We don't get loved because we deserve to be loved. We are loved because of who God is. And the grace he gives, he gives out of his will and his goodness, not our own. And so they criticize Jesus. And they refuse to submit. They refuse to trust in him, that is, to believe in him. And the text even tells us that they then scoff at him. They belittle him by acknowledging that he comes from the family of Mary. There may even be a suggestion here that, that they knew that Jesus was born to Mary before Mary and Joseph were married, and they're trying to put him down. Have you ever been put down, ridiculed, belittled? Because I know I have, and I haven't responded very well. To be honest, most of the time it just hurts so much that I sort of make like a dog tail between the legs and scurry away. It's not that I, I fight for myself, it's that I just, I just walk away. And, and maybe that's not so bad. Maybe it's, it's good not to fight. Maybe that's what Jesus meant when he told his disciples that if, the, if you go into a town and they don't accept you, just shake the dust off your feet and move on. I, I want to think that that's because that there are so many who need to hear that, that you shouldn't be wasting your time with those who won't listen. Speak to them, bring them the word. If they don't want to hear it, move on to someone else who also needs to hear that word. But I find it to be amazing. Well, I find two things to be amazing. First, the text tells us that a prophet, Jesus says a prophet is not without honor except in, in his own home. And then it tells us that um, because of their unbelief, that he couldn't do any miracles among them. <laughs> except, you know, heal a few people. 
I, I love that except. I, I love that it, it demonstrates that it, even their unbelief wasn't strong enough com- to completely stop Jesus from doing what he was called to do. So he's even able to demonstrate his power and his authority in the midst of their unwillingness to trust and believe in him. The text says that Jesus was amazed at their unbelief. I think, I think really he was, he was disappointed. These are people Jesus cared about. These are people that Jesus lived with and grew up around. And yet, they're unwilling to be blessed by the gift that God is bringing through him. They're unwilling to allow God to bless them through Jesus' presence. And so what does Jesus do? Does he just wander off? No. He's energized all the more. And the text tells us that he, he then went from village to village. He just, he carries on with the mission that, that is his uh, to bring this good news of repentance and, and redemption and grace uh, to as many people as possible. He goes from village to village. And then he does an amazing thing. He, he takes his disciples aside. And he pairs them up. Now, let's remember who they are. Uh, They're the tax collector and the fishermen. They they may have even been lower on the totem pole than a carpenter. They have little to no status in the community. And yet, Jesus calls them and sends them, and he gives them his power and authority. And the message they bring is a message to repent and turn to God. There's an element in this sharing that I think is important and that we should see and acknowledge. Jesus tells them that when they go into a town, if they are accepted, it says they are to stay in the same house while they're there. That's a a powerful word. Stay in the same house until you leave that town. Do you know what happens in that house? They have fellowship together. They have an opportunity to ask questions. They they eat and they drink and they rest. They laugh and they tell stories. They develop friendships. And so in each town they go to, there's one particular family that gets extra blessed because they get to hang out a little bit longer with Jesus' disciples and get to know them. Brothers and sisters in Christ, when we have the privilege of sharing our faith with others, 
we very likely also have the incredible privilege of making new friends and of sharing our life together. They will begin to see in us the good and the not so good for authentically sharing our lives with others means, as some have said, warts and all. In fact, we kind of see that also in Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Paul starts off talking about uh, boasting and saying, hey, look, I could boast. I've experienced these amazing things of God these revelations that no one else has had the privilege to see. I could boast, but I won't. I won't boast except in my weakness. Because the truth is, the greatest things about me, the greatest things about Paul pale in comparison to the greatness about Jesus. While we can indeed make Christ known by sharing our lives, it's not only by the good parts of our lives, it's by the reality, the truth of our lives. And in that truth, others will see that we have experienced the forgiveness and love of God, not because we're great, but in spite of the fact that we're not. If we had the ability, to be perfect and to demonstrate the perfection in us to others. No one would want to be around us. No one could relate to us because everybody knows and is aware of their own brokenness and flaw. Everyone knows they're not perfect. And so if they think you are, they're not going to be able to relate to you. And what they're able to see in God's love and grace at work in us, regardless of our flaws, is that it's available to them as well. God chooses to expand the sharing of the good news of Christ by not limiting it to just Jesus, but by empowering his disciples to also then be God's representatives to the world. And he does the very same thing for you and for me. He gives us the incredible privilege of being able to engage in a world, whether they want to hear it or not, whether they're rebellious or not, to hear from God that he loves them, that they matter to him, that they're important to him, and that he is willing and wanting to forgive them and welcome them back, repent and turn to God. Come face to face with a God who, who loves us and forgives us and frees us to be a part of his work in the world. Easy? No. Done by our own strength? No. Always accepted and received well? No. 
but it is our calling. It is our opportunity. And so we, like Paul, get to boast in our weakness. We just need to be willing to be authentically ourselves and allow the work that God is doing in us to be seen. Sometimes that's embarrassing. But most of the time, it's exactly what people are able to relate to, to allow them to hear that we've received grace in our repentance and turning to God. And that's exactly what is offered to the world. We live in a a time of serious criticism, polarization, people calling each other names and putting each other down. We live in a world where people believe that religion is the cause of a lot of the world's problems, and maybe it is. But we, we may very well hear from God, who by the power of his spirit will stand us up on our feet. And we may very well recognize an opportunity even this very day to share the truth of who God is and what God has done and how God loves the people that he created. Maybe they'll listen and maybe they won't, but they'll know that they've heard God's voice among them. And we can know that we've had the immense privilege of speaking for an almighty, gracious, loving, and faithful God. What a privilege. What a joy. Thanks be to God. Amen.